0: Be the Lord's will, I would like to look this morning at a couple of different groups of individuals who were blessed to have knowledge revealed unto them by God and what they did with that knowledge. They had the choice to take the knowledge they had and do something pleasing to the Lord. Or they had the opportunity to let other things get in the way. The Lord being our helper, I'd like to begin in Matthew chapter 2. It said, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east, to Jerusalem. These wise men were probably from the area of Persia. They had, would come a thousand miles to get to Bethlehem. They went to extremely great effort. They weren't in automobiles, They weren't on a train, they weren't on a plane, but they traversed that region probably on camels or other types of animals over. Many treacherous, treacherous terrain and went to great effort to get to what they so desired. They, we don't have to guess why they came. For the Bible goes on to say, saying, where is he? They came not for a thing. They came not for any other goal other than a person. Where is he? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. They had had revealed unto them by almighty God that the person who they would come a thousand miles to see was king of the Jews. Where is he? that is born king of the Jews. Usually a man would be born a prince and would much later in his life be coronated king. But this one would not be born a prince. He would be born a king. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. They would quickly be summoned to Herod, a very wicked king, but Nothing in the Bible that they worship Herod. Kings were not to be worshipped in the ordinary scheme of things. But they knew this king was not only king, but he was worthy of their worship. This king was not only king, but this king was verily God manifest in the flesh. Said we have seen his star in the east. When you look in the Bible at what the Bible has to say about wise men, you'll see numerous instances in the Old Testament where that term wise men is used. You'll see it used in Exodus. You'll see it used Uh, A few times in Isaiah, you'll see it used in other books of the Old Testament. Uh, You'll see it used four times in the book of Jeremiah. But there's no other book in the Old Testament where you'll see the phrase wise men used more than in the book of Daniel, where it's used 13 times. That's over three times more usage of the term wise men than of the next book in the Old Testament that uses it the most, which is Jeremiah, which had four. So what does Daniel say about the wise men? Well, it's very interesting because if you look in the book of Daniel, you'll see where Daniel, that great, man of God was promoted to be the head of the wise men. We look in Daniel chapter 2 in verse 48 says then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon, and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Now that's an important verse because the Bible is telling us here that Daniel was made head or chief of the wise men. We don't have to guess how faithful Daniel was to God Almighty. Daniel was so faithful, he was willing to give his life to be faithful to the Lord. That's how faithful Daniel was. You may remember in Daniel chapter six, that the king had made a decree. Some men had tricked him, this was King Darius. Some men had tricked him because they hated Daniel and were jealous of Daniel. And they tricked the king into making a decree that for 30 days you could not give a petition to any, anybody except to the king. And if you did, you'd be cast into a den of lions. After Daniel knew that this writing was signed, he goes back to his living quarters with his windows open to Jerusalem. And he kneeled on his knees three times in a day praying openly to the God of heaven. He likely knew people would see him. He had many options. Maybe Daniel, you could have could have just closed your windows so maybe nobody would see you pray to God. Daniel, couldn't you just maybe not pray to God just for 30 days? It's it's just 30 days. Maybe you could just not pray to God for 30 days and then pick it back up. No, Daniel was so faithful to God. Even though he was living in an ungodly, wicked world, what did he do? The Bible said Daniel did as he did a four-time. He said, I'm not going to change. Serving my Lord just because the world's changed. He prayed to God three times and he was cast into that den of lions. We know the very familiar story that the Lord sent an angel and he shut those lions that they didn't hurt Daniel at all. Those same lions had consumed other men and were very hungry, but the Lord took care of Daniel. So we see from that how serious Daniel was about serving the Lord. And here he is in a position of authority over all the wise men of Babylon. He's the chief of them. And I'm inclined to believe Daniel faithfully shared the truth of the Old Testament scriptures with the rest of those wise men of Babylon. You know, these wise men in Matthew chapter two said, we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. You know, there's an Old Testament text. that's a prophecy of the Lord Jesus in Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17, which says, I shall see, but not now, I shall behold him, but not mine. There shall come a, and this is capitalized, a star, capital S star, out of Jacob, and a scepter, capital S, scepter, shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Seth, which were some of the enemies of Israel. But he said, there's going to come a star out of Jacob. Again, stars capitalized. There's going to there's come a scepter that shall rise out of Israel. It's a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. And he's referred to as a capital S star. He's referred to as a capital S scepter. The thing that a king would hold. A king has a scepter. Here's a man that was prophesied to come that would be a ruler in Israel, and he'd be a star out of Jacob. And I believe Daniel probably taught these wise men many of the prophecies of the Messiah that would come. And they had been waiting, and they had been waiting, and they had been waiting. And I believe the faithfulness of Daniel. Uh, In teaching these wise men, we see a sweet evidence of that here. But even if these wise men in Matthew 2 weren't descended from the teachings of Daniel, we know God revealed this to them somehow. God blessed them with knowledge. We know that to be true. What did they do with it? They went to great effort to come and see he that was born king the chiefs how much knowledge has the lord blessed me with how much knowledge has the lord blessed you with and what do we do with it what does it mean to us it's so easy for us to let things get in the way of serving the Lord like we are. I sure have. But these men were willing to traverse a thousand miles of treacherous terrain to see this one that was born king of the Jews. When they take them many, many months, and they came, to worship him. We see that they had that interaction with Herod, who was the very wicked king, and Herod tries to tell them, go and find this young Christ child, because I want to come and worship him also. But Herod was trying to trick them, because he wanted to find out where this king of the Jews, this young child, the Lord Jesus was, so he could take his life. And I'm going to tell you, that's what the wicked of the world try to do. They try to trick us. They try to deceive us. And Herod tried to deceive the wise men. They leave the presence of Herod. They're still searching for the one they had come so far to see. It seems as if the star they had been following for a while may have disappeared from their view. But after they leave Herod they see the star. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 10 it says when they saw the star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. This star that was Guiding them to the one that they so desperately wanted to see. And the worship. The worship of this one was worth. Them coming those thousand miles over hills and mountains and vales and rivers and valleys. He was worth all the effort that they went to. And they rejoiced when they saw the star with exceeding great joy. You see, these wise men's heart was right. And because their heart was right, what they were doing was right. Sometimes in my life, when I'm not doing the right thing, it's because my heart's not right. What a blessing when our heart's right before God. When we're doing right, I love the verse there in Psalms chapter nineteen. At the end of that chapter, it says, verse fourteen of Psalms nineteen: "Let the words of my mouth." And the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. But the words of my mouth, I can't control the words that come out of your mouth. I have trouble controlling the words that come out of my mouth. But oh, my prayer and our prayer ought to be every day, Lord, let the words of my mouth, not just what comes out of our mouth, but what's in our heart. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. These wise men weren't trying to please their flesh, I can tell you that. They had never made the journey, they were trying to please their flesh. But they wanted to please the Lord. They wanted to worship the Lord that had revealed this wonderful knowledge to them that they knew where they could go and worship He that is born King of the Jews. The Lord's blessed us with that knowledge. We didn't have to come a thousand miles to get here. We didn't have to go over treacherous terrain. But oh, how many times have I let the little things keep me from worshiping the Lord as I ought. These wise men didn't do it, but they came. When they were coming to the house, They saw the young child, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah that would come, the one that was born King of the Jews with Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshiped him. What they had come so long to do, they did. And they fell down and they worshiped him. When they had opened their treasures, They presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. They brought the very best that they could bring, precious treasures. What I give unto the Lord. This is a season of gift giving. and Of course, we're reminded of this greatest of all gifts that the Lord gave to us, the gift of his darling son. But what I give to the Lord, I give him the leftovers of my life. I say, Lord, I'll give you what time I have left after I've done A, B, C, D, and E. Lord, I'll, I'll worship thee if I have time. I'll, Lord, if I have time, I'll start my day praying unto thee. Lord, if I have time and there's nothing else more important, We know there's not, but the old devil tries to trick us sometimes that there's things more important than us taking this book and reading the words of our heavenly master. They brought the best they had. I would to God I'd bring my best to him. All my time, all my strength, all my love, Amen. They presented gold and frankincense and myrrh. You know, there's only one other place in the scriptures where all three of these things come together in the same place. And it was in the tabernacles and in the temple worship service. It's the only place all three of these items came together. You know, the tabernacle's got pictures of the Lord Jesus all over it. The way the furniture was arranged in the tabernacle was in the shape of a cross. All the furniture in the tabernacle was precious pictures of the Lord Jesus. But they don't bow here before a picture of Christ they bow before Christ. They don't see a shadow of him as was given in the law and in the tabernacle service and the temple service, but they bow before God manifest in the flesh. We sing that song, veiled in flesh, the Godhead say, held the incarnate, deity, They brought gold. Gold in the Bible was the item of a king. King. Kings wore gold. And they bow before the king. It's above all kings. They brought frankincense. Frankincense was used in the worship service of God. It was used in burning incense in the worship of Almighty God. To the glory of his name. They bowed to one that was the king above all kings. But they bowed to one that's God. They bowed to one that's the Lord of all lords. God manifest in the flesh. And they brought myrrh. Myrrh is only mentioned two other times in the New Testament one of those times was when Jesus was fixing to be crucified and they brought him wine mingled with myrrh but he would not take it. And then after the Lord Jesus had died that cruel death upon the cross of Calvary Joseph of Arimathea would come and they would want to properly take care of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things he brought was myrrh and aloes. Myrrh would honor the sacrifice above all sacrifices. There had been so many sacrifices in the Old Testament, lamb after lamb and bull after bull and goat after goat. All the sacrifices of the Old Testament but had never taken away one single sin. But this sacrifice would wash all the elect family of God in his own precious blood. They brought myrrh to honor the sacrifice. They brought frankincense to worship God. They brought gold. To honor the king. We go over to Luke chapter 2. We see some others. These wise men came from a long distance. But these shepherds would be close. I'll just read the first few verses without comment and then get to where we will comment. because he was of the house and the lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espouse wife, being great with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Jesus was born here in Bethlehem. The prophet Micah would prophesy this in Micah chapter 5 two: O Bethlehem Ephratah, out of the thousands of Jews, out of these shall come forth a governor that shall rule my people Israel, whose goings forth have been from everlasting. Bethlehem literally means the house of bread. And the one, the Lord Jesus, who said in John chapter six, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth in me shall never thirst. This bread of life would be born in the house of bread. And he'd be born in a manger which is literally a food trough for animals. This bread of life would be laid In a place where food was given to animals. Now the Lord Jesus Christ, all the names for him in addition to the Messiah, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords, he's also the Lamb. That's what John the Baptist would say, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And as we go throughout this, we'll see pictures of Jesus as the lamb, Jesus as the shepherd, Jesus as the bread for the sheep. That's where he was in the food trough for animals. And you see this vivid imagery that prevailed all the details of the birth of the Lord Jesus. It said, Mary would deliver him, she should be delivered. I think it's interesting that though Mary would deliver the Lord Jesus Christ as a mother delivers a child, Jesus would later deliver her. She would deliver him in birth, but he would deliver her on the cross of Calvary. When Mary would give her great praise unto God there at Elizabeth's house, She would say, my soul doth magnify the Lord. My spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. You see, Mary realized she needed a Savior, that she was a sinner and she needed a Savior. And this one who was blessed among all women to deliver the Lord Jesus Christ, that son would deliver her on the cross of Calvary. It's amazing to me that this one that was born king, this one who is verily God, was born in the poorest of places. He was the highest of kings. But he was... Born in the poorest of conditions, Second Corinthians chapter eight and verse nine it says, "For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he owned everything; he had need of nothing. He owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He has all the riches, but he left heaven in a world of glory." to come down be born in a mansion. though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he did it for you. He did it for me. Yet for your sakes, he became poor, that ye through his poverty, might be made rich. Said so there was no room for him in the end. And I'll tell you, the world still has no room for him today. Said so they were in the same country, they weren't far away. They were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, not just to the Jews, certainly to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. For unto you, shepherds, that's a personal pronoun. He wasn't just born to all people globally. Tells these shepherds he was born unto you. He's personal. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. The Lord gave them some information and he's gonna give them a little bit more. He said, this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The Lord gave them some extremely important information. You know, by the way, thinking about the world not having room for the Lord Jesus, I've over the last few weeks, I've watched a few of the old Christmas TV shows, of old-time TV. Um, one of those was in the early 50s, where I saw a father that would explain to his daughter every verse of the Mount of Prayer. In the King James Bible, by the way. It was a show in 1952, I believe. And the Father went through the entire model prayer, Our Father, which art in heaven, and he explained that whole series of the verses of Scripture to his daughter on live TV. And I thought, how far have we come? How far have we come? I'm reminded of in 1965 in the Charlie Brown Christmas episode where... Charlie Brown says, what is is really the meaning of Christmas? I don't understand. And Linus gets out there and he begins to read these scriptures. And I love a part where he's reading these scriptures. And when he gets to the place where the angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Linus, who's holding his blanket, drops the blanket. Now, if you remember the story of Linus, Linus carried that blanket everywhere. It was a security blanket. Something about that blanket made Linus feel safe, made Linus feel secure. And there was a little picture being put in there by Charles Schultz that because of this child that was born, you don't need the blanket. Your peace and your rest and your comfort's not in this blanket. It's not in the things of this world. But it's in this Christ child that's faithful. And Linus dropped that blanket. When as soon as he said, fear not, watch the clip, he drops it. So I don't need this. How many times do we hang on to the blankets of this world when what we need is to draw close to this one who was born in a manger in Bethlehem and who suffered and bled and died for our sins and who said, yeah, I gave the birth announcement to the shepherds, but I'm your shepherd." And I'll walk with you every day. Whether you're on the mountaintop or in the valley, I'll be right there beside you. Because I love you. And I'll lift you up in the darkest times of your life to draw close unto him. The Lord gives these shepherds some important information. He, He tells them where to find Christ the Lord. He tells them where to find a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Tells them exactly where they're finding. Him. You may say these shepherds were close. They didn't have the thousand of miles to traverse to, to like the wise men. Yeah, but I guarantee you they could have come up with a lot of reasons not to go. Wait, I'm in the middle of the night shift. I, I've, I've got all these sheep to watch. By the way, these shepherds... In Bethlehem, we're likely keeping the sheep that would be the Passover lambs in Jerusalem. And the Lord blesses them to know where the true Passover lamb would be. The Savior of the world. God, manifest in the flesh. But they could have come up with a lot of excuses. Oh, I can't go, let I've got other, my job. I've got other things that are more important. There wasn't nothing more important that night than seeing the Christ job. We can get our priorities mixed up. We all can. And the devil will offer us all the excuses we want to keep from doing the things that are pleasing in his sight. But they're faithful. And they go. Came to pass as the angels were gone away from them in the Bethlehem, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even. Shows the value of us as brothers and sisters in Christ encouraging one another in the right way. They said to each other, let us now go even. Are you going? I'm going. We need to do that for each other. We need to encourage each other in the right way. I'm going to tell you, the world tries to pull us in the wrong way every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The world tries to pull us in the wrong way. We need to encourage each other the right way. They said, let us now. They told their buddy shepherds, their fellow shepherds, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass which the Lord hath made known unto us. Notice how sure they are about what the angels told them. They didn't didn't say, well, maybe this happened. We'll see. Maybe we'll find it. We'll see. No, they said, it's come to pass. This thing is come to pass, and the Lord hath made it known unto us. You know, the Lord's made some things known to us. And we don't ever need to doubt them. We don't ever need to doubt the finished work of the Lord Jesus on the cross. We don't ever need to doubt his grace and his everlasting love for us and his power and his might. So they came with haste. They didn't do that around. They didn't say, well, I'm kind of busy now. I'll do it tomorrow or the next day or the next day. They came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the same which was told them concerning this child. All they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. You see, they had some good news to tell. You know what they did? They told it. We've got some good news to tell. You know what we need to do? We need to tell it. You remember that man that had had a legion of devils that the Lord Jesus cast out into the swine and he wanted to physically, literally follow the Lord Jesus in his ministry. And the Lord Jesus said, you go home to your house. You tell them what great things the Lord has done for you. You know, we can all tell others the great things the Lord's done for us. We can not only tell them with our words but we can tell them with the meditations of our heart. We can tell them in the way we live. We're so thankful for what the Lord's done for us. I want to close uh, with a verse in Jeremiah. Have you ever have you ever just wanted to be like these wise men or like these shepherds and just say hey I just want to be right with the Lord. I want to just feel so close to him. I want to Just feel his presence. I want to be with him. And maybe there's times in our life we kind of desire that, but we don't feel that. I think Jeremiah 29 and verse 13 gives an important key. The Lord says, and ye shall seek me. None of these would have sought the Lord had the Lord not put it in their heart. None of them would have sought the Lord had the Lord already not been there and born them again with this precious Holy Spirit. said, you shall seek me and find me. That's what I want to do when I seek the Lord. I want to find him. I want to feel his presence. I want to see him through an eye of faith. And ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me. With all your heart. You know, sometimes I wanted to see him and I haven't because I was half-hearted. Half of my heart was with the world and half was with him. But he said, if you search for me, he said, you will find me. When you search for me with all your heart? I hope that the Lord will bless me and the Lord will bless us all to search for the Lord in that way. May God richly bless you, my friend.